friends and neighbors, this is Nicola, and welcome to It's All Good in the Hood, Episode 4, A Good Location, a look at the Alberta Avenue Community League. I am honored to produce this podcast on Treaty 6 territory. Treaty 6 territory stretches from Athabasca in northern Alberta to Kindersley in southern Saskatchewan, and from the Rocky Mountains in the west to almost the eastern edge of Saskatchewan. And this is a really wonderful place to be. Now, I must apologize for the time delay between the release of my last episode and this episode. Life and my own health stuff got in the way. So my sincerest apologies. All right. So what is in a location? How does a location affect how a community develops and how people see their community? And more importantly, how does location affect the people living in that community? This question is so important that entire university departments have been created to understand how a person's location affects their quality of life. Universities have schools of environmental epidemiology. Let me say that again, epidemiology. Whew, big word. These departments are devoted to studying how people's health and quality of life are affected by where they live. Geographical scientists are not necessarily concerned with what makes us happy, rather on how location affects disease, much of which is compounded by physical environmental factors. But these geographical scientists have found that some of the very important factors in disease and health are social well-being, such as access to services, connection with community, social networks, perception of risk in the community, having a social support system in place, and access to leisure activities. These factors affect disease prevalence and management, and they're all connected to location. This is important. This is important because the perception from some outsiders of our communities in the inner city is that of neglect and dirtiness, crime, and overall disorder. But the perception of the communities for many of us who live in these communities is very different. We feel connected. We feel safe because of our social networks. We have access to services, transit is fairly accessible, we have leisure spaces and green spaces, a recreation centre nearby, and we have a lot of great activities and festivals and events that take us out of our homes and onto the streets of our communities. Today I want to look at how the community of Alberta Avenue has an awesome location with access to services and opportunities to connect with neighbours and engage in leisure activities, essentially creating a healthy neighbourhood. So on 118th Ave and 92 Street stands a rather large building adorned with mural paintings and beautiful gardens. This large building is a community centre, a gymnasium, a performance space, an event rental, a large communal kitchen, a beautiful community garden, an outdoor activity space, a large playground, a festival space, and a place to connect people with information about the neighbourhood, services in the city. Alberta Avenue was the original name given to what is now called 118th Avenue. This road was called Alberta Avenue from 1904 to 1918, when in 1918 the city adopted a number system for the streets. At the time of development in the area, the community was called Norwood, and in 1922 there was a Norwood Community League built at 114th Avenue, where the current Norwood Family Centre exists, and also an Alberta Avenue Community League not far away from its from the current Alberta Avenue League community location in a district called Fairview. 
The area became interchangeably known as Norwood and Alberta Avenue, and to this day you will still hear the name Norwood use, but we tend to use this term Norwood to encompass the general area of a, around Alberta Avenue, so not just the Alberta Avenue Community League, but also areas like Eastwood and Parkdale, Cromdale, and Westwood. In 1980, the name for the Community League was officially changed to Alberta Avenue when the Community League received a grant from the City of Edmonton to create a multi-purpose building that would meet multiple needs of the community. Now, the Alberta Avenue community stretches from 111th and 112th Ave to the south, a road also known as Norwood Boulevard, and to 122 Ave to the north, and from 97th Street to the west, down to 89th Street to the east. The 2016 census showed that the area had 6,755 residents, which was an increase of 190 people from the 2014 census. Now, most respondents of the 2016 census reported that their annual income was either under 30000 or between 30000 to 60000 a year. Of course, there are some higher income earners in the area, but predominantly respondents fell into these categories. So this suggests that this is not necessarily an affluent area. The community also has quite a lot of language diversity, with people speaking Arabic, Cantonese, Mandarin, French, German, North American indigenous languages, Punjabi, Spanish, Tagalog, Portuguese, Vietnamese, and Ukrainian. And there are also a whole bunch of other language variants spoken by people. The community has a high number of renters and people living in collective or supportive living situations. And almost as many of these people live in these situations as those who responded to as owning their own home. There are also almost the exact same number of people who've lived in the area for five years or longer as the amount of people who've lived in the area five years or less. There are a mixture of Canadian residents, permanent residents, refugees, and people on work or educational visas. And almost as many people take transit, bikes, walk, or rideshare to and from school or work every day as those who drive. Employment in the area is also diverse, ranging from construction work to healthcare professionals, from finance to education, and from retail to management. So, what does all of this data say about Alberta Avenue? Well, it shows us that it is a very diverse community, with people from all different backgrounds and all walks of life. But it's not necessarily considered affluent. But affluence is not the driving force in this community. The driving force in this community is the diversity and the dynamic people. From the seniors who've lived here for 40 years with their big, beautiful, abundant gardens, to the young families in the fourplexes getting a start out on life. This diversity, diversity is also part of what creates community connectedness, because it is in the sharing of our differences and our experiences and our abilities that we start to get to know and appreciate each other. Now, this community has had its fair share of tough times. If you go back to the 1920s during the Great Depression, a number of homes in the area foreclosed due to people just not having work. But more recently, in the late 1970s, the area came under serious hard times again, with a number of homes sitting abandoned or owned by absentee landlords. The sidewalks and street infrastructure became neglected, and the residents were feeling ignored by the city. So... The residents and the businesses came together and they went to the city and asked the city to pay attention. Out of this, the neighborhood improvement plan was created by the city to upgrade much of the streetscape on 118th Avenue 
And it also culminated in the grant for the creation of the Multipurpose Community League. This community spirit continues, and it pushed for the Avenue Initiative, support for art spaces and sports programming, creating connections between different agencies and community members, and can be seen from all the events and programs put on by the Community League. And if you have come down to the neighborhood for Kaleido Family Arts Festival or the Byzantine Winter Festival, you will have no doubt noticed, or perhaps been inside, the Alberta Avenue Community League. And this community league is in the center of these big festivals. It's kind of a surprising space for a community league, given the numerous spaces inside. I interviewed the current community league president, Brendan, to get an insider view of this awesome space. I am here with Brendan, who is the current president of the Alberta Avenue Community League. Now, um, in terms of a hall, it's not just, you know, a one-room rental, right? Like, it's an actual... It's a big facility, yeah. Yeah. So we've got, like, a lunch room. We have a gym, which I think is rare for most community leagues. Like, it's, you've kind of got, like, a hall that's sort of multi-purpose. Yeah. Uh, we've got, like, a sunken lounge. We've got a big hall, which I think most people are probably pretty familiar with, with the festivals. That's where kind of the main stuff happens. And then, of course, we have our big fenced area out back, which is becoming popular for events, too. So. Yeah. Because it's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. with these gardens out there surrounding it. Yeah. So. Okay, so in the back you have your community garden, and then now I know a lot of there's there's the there's like the pagoda, the hanging not the pergola. Pergola, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then in the winter, guys now have the outdoor winter activities. Yeah. Like curling. So, so we used to have like a skating rink, and that's kind of the downsized a bit. Well, downsized maybe is the wrong thing. Like it's not going to be a full size. You can play, you know, tournament level hockey on it, but they'll still be like a rink with curling stuff or for other ice activities. And then I think the thought is to have some other non skating outdoor activities back there as well. So okay. like kind of like how um, D3 sets up all their sort of ice games. Up, yeah, they have keeping a keeping those throughout the year. Because I mean, I know I know a lot of people have been kind of upset that you know, the ice slide has to go at the end of. Mm-hmm. It's the worst. (laughs) And it's a liability. Yeah, that's true, right? Because you don't have volunteers watching that 24-7, right? But, you know, if we're we're setting up in a way that people have to be out there to supervise all this other stuff, then perhaps people will just keep that. Oh, maybe. That'd be nice. Um, And then also, in your main hall, Pandora down, cat, (laughs) no. Trying really hard to keep the cat out of my face without, like... (laughs) Making, making an audio cue. Um, so in the main the main hall, you guys have really set it up to be like a, a multi-purpose space. Like in terms of fine arts, like you have lighting and sound. Yeah, like theater, you've got theater grade lighting now. That was a, a big thing in the last couple of years. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty multi-purpose. That's been wonderful. The theater grade lighting, I really yeah. noticed when I went to Skirts of Fire this past year, that although the lighting was great beforehand, it's even better now. It's yeah, well, and before, a lot of the festivals had to bring in, like, their own uh, pipe and drapes and all that other lighting. But they had to bring in their own lighting apparatus. Mm. apparatus. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this is apparatus. I can't remember. I anyway, did take Latin years ago. They had to bring in a lot of their their own stuff, and now okay. it's nice to have you know theater grade lighting. 
just there. Just there. Because then your space can always be an important performance space. And, you know, like, and it can be used for... Yeah, I mean, it's not just something well. that you only use for theater. You right. Know, somebody comes in and they, they have to know how to use it for some other event, theoretically. Right. Yeah. Right. And then in terms of... So, I like, there's um, the big festivals that use your space. So, Arts on the Ave has Kaleido and Byzantine. Yeah. And then there's Spirits of Fire and Hundred Faces. Thousand Faces. A Thousand Faces. Um, which is fantastic. Latin festival. Oh, like, the Latin festival. Sounds like okay. they want to stay. Do they want to stay? Okay. That's, that's what I've heard really about. Oh, that's good because I did go Could and I went both days and I loved it. It was I, so much I fun. I think everybody really enjoyed themselves. Okay. So hopefully, okay. hopefully they stick around. Well, it seemed like the right size of the space that they needed. They needed a stage. They needed, um, sort of a, a drinks garden, a place for, for a Latino food trucks. And they needed a little market. That's all they needed. And yeah, and then they, had, they had the indoor space as well. They did? So okay. Was, I didn't yeah, they, they had food served in there. I think I, I had some veggies for food served. Oh, that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> that's awesome. That's fantastic. Well, I hope, they, I hope they do stay. Now, in terms of regular programming at your hall, what is, what is the regular programming that your hall provides? Uh, I mean, again, it's kind of all over the place. Right. So, I mean, lately, this is Art Night. We've yeah. got a couple more coming up. Yeah. Um, you know, Card Nights, just people who wanted to get together. I think that was uh, Virginia and Julie. Mm-hmm. Bought some super fancy crib pegs and decided <laughs> they needed to be used. So, okay. now we have a Cards Night that came out of that. Uh, you know, in the past, Gerard's come out and we've done some jam sessions. Oh, that's great. Uh, we have City Run Camp Spark. Oh, right, the Spark Youth Camp. Is our big camp. Right. We probably give that a big... Yeah, time. so in the summer, the Alberta Avenue Community League sponsors um, Spark Youth Camp, which is a fine arts camp. So basically, a bunch of kids come together with some theater arts professionals. They literally... Just create, create something a, from the ground up. That's amazing. Yeah, and they do script writing, mm. they do all the scenery, it's it's really very impressive. It's very authentic. I'm actually really disappointed I missed their play for the first time this did year. Did you? Uh, I, heard it, I heard it was fantastic, but it was one of the few days I could get out into the yard and weed. Yeah. <laughs> I need to do this before it starts raining again. <laughs> the rain this year has, for me, put a big, like, it's in a lot. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more than I usually do that I just couldn't this year, and it's been a bit stressful. So in terms of your community league, and not just the hall and the space that you you rent, like what what do you think is you and the board and the community, the memberships, big view of the community league? Like what is the overarching Vision? Yeah, the vision. That's great. The overarching oh, vision. Make me remember our vision oh, you have a vision statement. That might help. I, I believe it's vibrant connected community, or is that the mission statement? I would get those <laughs> Let's look it up right now. <laughs> anyway, I, w- I would use the vibrant connected community vibrant sort of our, our overall goal for neighbors to connect. I should have given another yeah. point to is our neighbor connect program, which is just fantastic. It's in its second year, I think, with mm-hmm. sort of staff who hired summer students last year and this year, and really just kind of taking it all to a, a new level. So that's that, been great. So neighbor connect. Now this program is. 
Was it the city of Edmonton that originally rolled it out, or was it independently rolled out? The so, I mean, the city of Edmonton has their abundant community, which is, right. you know, this is pretty much the same thing. Um, we've always kind of taken the lead with it. Like, I don't think we ever got any funding from the city. I know they've, they've given it to, like, Highland and Ballland and a few others, mm-hmm. and then they've just sort of offered general support to any other league that just wanted to kind of take it on on their own. So the first couple of years, we kind of ran it under the Abundant Community brand, and then I can't remember if it was last year or the year before that we kind of rebranded as Neighbor Connect, and, you know, we brought Len Lutley on. Yes. You know, is just lovely Len. Just the best. He's really particularly good at connecting with people. Yeah. And like, that's his thing. And then, of course, we have the student interns to the skip program, which is another fantastic thing. We don't spend a penny, but they get $1,000 from Volunteer Alberta for doing this internship. And then we've also brought on uh, paid summer students. Last year it was Steph and Ken, the summer jobs, and I think this year we just went through CSJ. Oh, okay. So. Well, that's awesome. So... So now you took abundant communities, and the idea of abundant communities is you share with your neighbor, you connect with your neighbor, you do things with your neighbor. Yeah, you to, find the you find the common connection. Right, and I remember some of the Howard's yeah. stories about how he started out. You know, like his basement flooded, and he's like, "Oh great, now I have to go buy a bunch of fans." And then doing that, he knocked on his neighbor's doors and asked asked if they had fans, and then. From that grows this bigger abundant communities initiative, but our area is unique. So you can't just door knock, right? You can't just leave it down to door knocking. Yeah, you you really have to kind of get people out of their houses. I think mm. you know, for some people, for right or for wrong, they they maybe are a little hesitant. If somebody comes to the door, they don't really know who you are. Why why are you knocking? Is this a scam? Mm. You know, if you just go out on the street and bring out a barbecue and put on some music for us and chairs. I think that, in a lot of ways, looks really well for our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially if they, if you're kind of familiar. Oh, that's the guy that lives down the way. Oh, I guess we'll do that. So that's yeah. the idea with Neighborhood Connect is that rather than just, just doing door knocking, you would actually provide venues for the neighbors to get together. Yeah, I think that's more or less. More or less what it was. So... And then, so this is the second year that you're doing the neighbor connect, not about communities, but the yeah, actual. It's second or third year. Second or third year. I can't year? remember exactly okay. when we sort of rebranded it as neighbor connect. Okay. So people in Alberta Avenue can just kind of expect to see those lawn signs, right? And yeah, you you might see you know a sign that says there's a party coming up. You might see some signs that say slow down, fun ahead. <laughs> I like that. Uh, in, slow down. Fine. In which case, by all means, slow down and check out the fun. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Then also, this community, Albert Avenue, is coming up for a renewal, or we started a renewal. Yes, I've been walking my dogs periodically through it to see how it's going. How is it going? I haven't noticed any major issues. Oh. I haven't heard a lot of problems. Yeah. So, so far, so good. But I mean, they're. They're just kind of starting to put stuff in. Like they've got some sidewalks that I need to get. Yeah. Um, I don't think they've started to do the actual road work yet. They've done so. maybe three roads. Okay. Okay, so uh, between 111th and 112th Ave, I think it's been 94th and 93rd Street, maybe even 92nd Street that they've done. Okay. So just like going up towards uh, Norwood Boulevard. So, listeners, 111th Ave is sometimes called Norwood Boulevard. They have both those names. And 118th Ave used to be called Alberta Ave before it was numbered. 
Um, yeah, it looks really nice so far. So what how can you uh, walk me through a little bit of what they do with our neighborhood renewal? Uh, in what sense? Like the, the process of how we kind of got here? Or? Yeah, or what what does it do? What does neighborhood renewal do? I think it's in terms of Albert Avenue. I mean, the, the gist of it is new sidewalks, new roads, new street lights. Um, I think we locked out, I heard that this process kind of changed right before it came to us, and there, there was a lot of consultation on, like, what can we change? I think prior to this, a lot of neighborhoods, it was like, okay, we're going to give you new sidewalks, new roads, we're not really going to change the layout, and Oh, with okay. with this, you know, we're getting some traffic calming measures. Oh, that's great. Some bike lanes, which were really quite contentious, but I think they found a good compromise. So hopefully. Yeah. So actually, like the one bike lane is going in on the street yeah. in front of here, and uh, I like the compromise. The compromise is that we're doing it as a painted bike lane, so we're not actually losing any road infrastructure. Yeah, and it'll it'll be a shallow in one direction, which is shared car. Uh, bicycle traffic and then a, a one-way bike lane in the opposite direction, kind of like they have in Garneau right now. Um, and like you said, it's a pretty good compromise. There was a lot of opinions really strongly on one way for the, the separated bike lanes, which they are doing on 119th Avenue. Oh, that's, oh, that's, well, that's actually really good. Which is kind of the main east-west route in the neighborhood. And it, right. makes, it makes sense up there because there's already uh, the a, a median there. Yeah. And sort of move it over. Yeah, and, and, because the median was for traffic calming, so now if you just move it over, yeah. you're still going to be able to access the roads. Yeah, and they're going to, it sounds like they're going to turn a couple of, or a couple of, uh, sections of it into one way, kind of shortcutting. It's a big issue there, as it is with. Yeah, a lot of areas close to main roads. Yeah. Um, were there any, other than that, were there any other big Changes or issues with the renewal that people brought up? Um, I mean, just sort of stuff that you'd expect to hear. Concerns around pedestrian safety, bike safety, shortcutting, speeding. Um, You know, I think the bike lanes were the only real major contentious thing that came out of that. Uh, And I think the city overall did a pretty good job. I'm actually really excited that we're getting back to the street signs with the original street names on them. That is great. That is actually something I, I've been I researching. Heard it, I heard it's a sample of the week, but I haven't, oh. I haven't seen it. Okay. Yet. I've only seen the digital version. Oh, okay. But what wonderful. Oh, good. That's nice. I'm glad that we're getting that. That'll be beautiful. It's nice to put the the history back into the streets. For you, and you know how, well, of course you know, everybody who lives in this neighborhood knows what other people say about our neighborhood and how they feel about our neighborhood. For you, and maybe even for the league, do you feel that you, the league itself, Albert Avenue Community League, is actively trying to either change that view or challenge that view in any way? I don't know that we really need to be all that active trying to change the view so much as just be active. Right. So I think the more we do, the more we bring in people from outside this neighborhood, the more they're like, oh, this is actually really neat. Or mm-hmm. there's, you know, this really fantastic restaurant or Oh, the festival is really cool. Love what the community league's doing over here. You know, it's just, you just kind of got to keep doing what you're doing because I think we're doing things right and it's just a slow and steady process of kind of changing that established view of the neighborhood. And I, I think we're really getting there. I think so too. And then, um, in terms of the problem properties in the area or problems in the area, 
your community leads if you have a you have a development director who kind of deals with problem properties, so to speak, or problem developments. Um, is there anything else that your community lead does in terms of like crime or disorder or problem properties for the area? Uh, well, I mean, that, that tends to go more towards the district council, which is okay. kind of Parkdale, Upper Avenue, East Woods. Oh, okay. Uh, Westwood, Prince Avenue. Right. Um, Delton. Delton. I don't and then Elmwood Park. They're, yeah. they're kind of in our, our area. I, I think they're invited. Season. I don't know if they've ever gone. They ended up handing this off to Virginia. Oh, okay, okay. Trying to be less as president in the next, like, six <laughs> months before I'm past president. Okay. Okay, let other people... I I can't think of exactly what they're doing. Okay. Um, have... Because I've noticed lately that they've got the beat cops working in force. Have they come to talk to you for the community league at all? Uh, Again, that's more of a district council thing. I I forgot to mention the police are also on that council. Oh, okay. Which is why safety tends to be more more of their issue. Okay. Um, But, yeah, they they have been wonderful to deal with since we moved from the downtown division to the northwest. When the arena got built, we kind of got a little neglected. They shifted most of their resources down there. Yeah. And now, you know, out of the Northwest Division, I think we're kind of the problem child. Yeah, so... So we get all the attention. <laughs> and I love it. I love I think, it. I think we have two two beat squads now, which is great. Because yes, I know one do. of the one of the issues with the beat cops, they're wonderful, they're great. It's, it's really nice to see cops out of their cars. But if they make an arrest, they're off the street. So yeah. If you get two different groups. Yeah, that's why I think I've been seeing them go around in fours is because if they have mm-hmm. to do an arrest, then you've got the two officers have to go deal with the yeah. paperwork and take the person in and everything. And and then I know people can people can write your kitchen. Now, your kitchen is a pretty big, beautiful kitchen. It's, it's lovely since we did the renovation and mm-hmm. opened up that little back yeah. coffin of a concession and now it's all just open and connected. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very nice. And, it, and so the kitchen space can be rented. Yeah, and there's uh, Collective Kitchens. That's another program that happens. Um, I know they've done all sorts of stuff. Um, now, with your membership, so how much is your household membership? Uh, for an individual, I believe it's $10 in their family. It's fine. It's pretty cheap. It is pretty cheap. And what are the things that you get with that family? Or with, 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 with any with membership, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's discounts on all rentals. The mm-hmm. league is a member of the uh, the tool library, so you can oh, take the league membership and go for from tools from Bellevue. Yeah. yeah. Um, community swim is another big one. So community swim, it's it's either Saturday. I think it's Saturday afternoon for Albert Ave. Maybe it's Sunday. There's like a Saturday one is one to three, and then Sunday later on. Okay. Okay, and then so coming up there's Kaleido, by yeah, the way. Coming up pretty quick. And there's another there's an event that happened before Christmas at the hall. What's it called? Is it Yulav. Yulav. Okay. Frank Frank's love is Right. And he, Frank is a he's a, an actor, producer, writer, like general theater guy. <laughs> general theater guy. And so he usually does a play. And then there's also... I believe it's a meal. Yeah. Um, there's the there's gingerbread the, house making. Yeah, they've got right? the, the giving trees. They, oh. they put stuff out on and take the That's awesome. tree on white paint out. Yeah. That's cool. So you laugh. Um, and then in September, the end of September would be um, 
community league membership renewal? Yes. Okay. Um, so, I mean, most most leagues do community league day, which mm-hmm. is here, I think, is September 21st. Um, we, because Kaleido often falls on community league day, yeah. we tend to do something a little bit earlier in September for our membership. So, this year, we're going to do a membership renewal barbecue on September 8th. Okay. Um, yeah. Oh, that's great. So, September 8th, membership renewal, Green Shack program. So you have the Green Check program at Albert Avenue through the summer? We do. In two parts. In two parts? Norwood Square and Albert Avenue. So the kids could essentially, like, is Albert Avenue afternoon or morning, do you know? Uh, I can't remember which is which, but one's afternoon and one's morning. So between the two, it's a full day. Yeah, so they could start at one part, Norwood Park, and then go over to Albert Avenue, which actually could work for the Spruce Ave kids, too, because they have afternoons with the Norwood and then Spruce Ave. I mean, you could do it with any park that has an opposite schedule from the next park you want to go to. Right. Um, okay, so you in the next six months, so coming up to the next uh, spring annual general meeting, you're going to pass, you think you're going to pass on being president? I'm, I'm pretty committed to letting it go. To having some free time. I, you know, it's been 10 years yeah. on the board. I joined in 2009, so, you know, with with a term as past president, which hopefully I won't come to every single meeting. <laughs> Uh, you know, that'll take me, what, 12 years probably. So that's, that's a good run for any organization, I think. So that was my interview with Brendan, the current president of the Alberta Avenue Community League. And Alberta Avenue really is a great place to live. I want to thank the Edmonton Heritage Council, the Edmonton Federation of Community Leagues for the information on the history of the area, for to the City of Edmonton's open data for the data for the area, and to the Harvard School of Environmental Epidemiology. Epidemiology. Ha! Ah, I'm going to get that word right someday. All right. Until next time, friends and neighbors, it's all good in the hood. Mm-hmm.